to the Cross-Border Interviews Political Roundtable. Welcome back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. Today is uh, our second political roundtable of the week. We had one earlier this week, but with everything going on in Canada politics today, uh, we have to talk about the big elephant in the room, which is the Green Party of Canada. Um, Our guest today is former Green Party of Canada leadership contender, Judy Green. Yes, Judy Green ran for the Green Party. Uh, She did not, she dropped out in August of 2020, she threw her support behind David Murner, the uh, also another candidate for the Green Party. Uh, so, uh, Judy, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chris. And um, even before that, I was uh, uh, the candidate for West Nova in the 2019 election. So that was my, my first experience. So we tripled the vote here in West Nova and where we had started with $36 in the account and no functioning electoral district association. That was a pretty good um, turnout there. Uh, we had all new people um, learning as we went in, in that election. And since the um, uh, October of last year, I had been uh, serving as the CEO of our local uh, EDA. Um, but um, as of the 26th of May, I have stepped back from all uh, official positions within the party. And uh, there is um, my letter <laughs> of resignation that is up on Facebook and Twitter that uh, people are welcome to read uh, that really um, illustrates part of what we're going to talk about here today. Which uh, I will link your resignation letter in the show notes. I really highly recommend people go out and uh, read it because it is uh, eye-opening and it came before everything that is going on with the Green Party today. Uh, It sort of was, and I shouldn't say catalyst because uh, I I don't think it was picked up as much as many people thought it, I thought it should have been. But um, so we need to start with October, 2020. Annie Paul becomes the leader of the party. Uh Uh, She becomes the first black Jewish woman to lead any major federal uh, political party. This is a big deal. The Green Party looks like it potentially has some momentum going into the future. Uh Fast forward to, I would say, April this year, when news started to break from the Toronto Star that there was some party internal conflicts with the leadership style of Anime Paul. Uh, I'm not sure who these people who were talking to the Toronto Star were, but there were some reports. Then fast forward another few weeks to the Israel-Palestine, I would say, internal conflict over in the Middle East. Uh, uh, Gaza was being bombed by Israel. Uh, Hamas was bombing Israel. So there was a lot of things going on. And this conflict is not something that can be settled by a tweet. It's not something that can be settled overnight. And I'm just giving background here because I'll let Judy hear, Judy talk here in a few seconds, but I do want to give uh, um, some background. The then MP for Fredericton, Jetwin at, uh, Atwin. Sorry, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. Jenica, um, Jenica, sorry, Atwin uh, came out and said that on in a tweet in some social media post that uh, what was happening to the people of Palestine was similar to apartheid. Um, this did not sit well with enemies inner circle. The inner circle then 
proceeded to publicly state or say in some leaked information that they would be working hard to get Jan- Jenica de-elected, not re-elected in the next election, which if you ask me, if you have a party of three, you should not be saying that. Chris, can I just clarify something for you there? Uh, The person who, it wasn't leaked, um, Noah Zatzman um, styles himself as anime's um, top advisor. Okay. And and later spokesperson. So I'm not sure what his official title was, but he is on in on anime's team paid by anime. He has a contract until some um, time in July. And in uh, response to Jenica's um, uh, uh, tweet uh, that was in response to kind of a um, there needs to be dialogue on both sides tweet from um, the leader's office of, of the Green Party of Canada, Jenica had said that's not, doesn't go far enough. Yeah. You know, um, it is apartheid. You know, there are uh, many um, organizations around the world that confirm that, that the circumstance because of the power imbalance is, is apartheid. Um, but it was Noah Zatzman uh, making a public um, post where he basically called for um, the replacement of uh, Green MPs and um, others, including Jagmeet Singh, and to have them replaced with um, lots of adjectives and Zionists. Um, so basically, he had called for the overthrow of sitting Green MPs. Which would be similar in the case of if uh, Katie Telford, uh, Justin Trudeau's chief of staff, came out and said the same thing. I'm not saying that uh, this gentleman is enemy's chief of staff, but he is in the inner circle. He is paid by the party leader. Uh, so I would be highly suspect to say that what is said by that person potentially is coming from the leader's uh, uh, office. I'm not saying it came exactly from enemy, but... Let's yeah. say let's that's the connotation. Yeah, that's yeah. the connotation that goes along with that title that he um, uses for himself. Yes. So fast forward a few weeks. News broke on June 10th, June okay. 10th, uh, that uh, Miss Atwin, MP for Fredericton, was going to leave the Green Party because of how she how she felt things were going and she would be joining the governing liberal party of Canada. Before we go on to the backstory of that, I want to ask you the question because uh, this is the first time the green party has ever won anything outside of BC. It Uh is in your, uh, almost in your uh, backwoods because you're in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Fredericton. Uh What, how did you take the news once you heard it first off? Uh, Well, I, I, know more than most about what's going on within the party because I've made it that my job. I'm somebody who is very goal oriented. So even my leadership uh, run was based on fixing these internal issues. So I've I've been looking at it um, quite in depth, Um, but I did not, I did not predict um, Jenica um, crossing the floor. Uh, That came as an absolute shock. However, I feel a lot of compassion for Jenica uh, because I had a similar um, interaction that uh, left me feeling like I was stabbed in the back. And um, I had to make a decision as to whether I was just going to step down and away from politics entirely or if I would consider running uh, with um, the Liberals or or, uh, the NDP. Um, now, I don't have a constituency 
that I've made promises to and that I'm being effective in serving where Jenica does. And so I can understand she's a very principled person. I can understand that being a driving force for her, uh, that she's not, not finished in politics. There's many more things that, that um, she wants to work on. And um, I've worked with her on um, uh, a, a, an online petition in the House of Commons and, and we'll hope to, to work with her again in the future. Um, I can only imagine the pressure that she must have felt and how hopeless she must have felt for that to be her only option. Now, post uh, floor crossing, and let's be honest, floor crossings happen every every session. It is not an unusual thing. The news of the day usually lasts about a week. I will say the last floor crossing, which was from the liberals to the conservatives, uh, uh, lasted for about a week. Party fundraisers happen. They, they sort of hold momentum. But this 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 sprung legs of its own That's when, <laughs> when the former uh, leader of the Green Party of Canada, Miss May, publicly and I should say Paul Manley, the uh, other MP, the Green MP, publicly blamed Annamie's inner circle. Yet again, I don't know how to pronounce his name and I'm not going to try to butcher it. So publicly said the reason why he left was because of him. Well, I, I think that to be more precise. Okay, uh, that's he, why we have you have, that's why we have you on the show. I'm misprecise. You can tell I'm computer scientist. So um, really it, the reason was not so much that Noah Zatzman said what he did, but that Noah Zatzman said what he did in an official capacity and anime, uh, anime remained silent. She did not um, repudiate what he said. She left it out there. Um, and as we've subsequently found out, um, she didn't even return um, any uh, communication from Jenica as she was trying to come to some resolution over this issue. And that's not, not um, like Annamie's communication style is very bunkered. Um, that's been my experience uh, from in the leadership race and beyond that she uh, kind of protects herself and I can understand that for their reasons to do that. But, you know, your MPs should have a direct line to you as a leader and um, saying things in public um, on news releases uh, that basically says, yes, I received them, I just chose not to respond, um, is not what one would expect of a leader. You know, uh, you know, going into the party knowing, and she did know, I had a conversation with her early on in, in the leadership race, we spent about an hour, and I went over all the things that I knew were wrong within the party, because I, I knew she didn't, wasn't active at that level in the party, and that she needed to know. And she was, um, she listened intently, but she was pretty dismissive, um, basically saying, oh, I've dealt with worse. And that was the end of that. Um, and so it's not like she didn't know what she was getting into. Um, but there's been her leadership style does not seem to be one of um, of bridge building or of uh, healing divisions, which is really what we needed uh, 
in the party um, coming out of the last leadership um, election. And I have to admit, Annamie checks all the boxes. You know, she's a highly educated woman. She's very smart. She's, you know, up until the last few weeks, she's been, been quite articulate in, in media and very successful in, in getting on uh, media and getting more exposure for the Green Party. Uh, but this current situation is, is alarming for everybody. Um, and you can tell how much stress that Annamie is under. And she is certainly not performing at her best. Um, but I, I would expect um, more compassion and more reason from a leader of, of a federal party. Now, you, you talk about, before we continue on with uh, Ms. Atwin, um, you talk about the internal issues that are going on in the party. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to talk about them a little bit more, because I think to understand the back room of this organ, this back room organization that sort of said, hey, we're going to call for a leadership, potential leadership review. We're going to give you some clarification of what you need to do to make sure you don't go through that. I, I I need to understand that because I, I come from a party background as well. So I know the internal party backgrounds of the liberal party because I ran for the liberal party and there was an organization. So I don't know the green party and I don't think much, many Canadians know. So from your experience, okay. what is the internal organization of the green party at the leaders level? Okay. I'm going to tell you what it should be according <laughs> to our, <laughs> according to our bylaws and constitution. Okay. <laughs> and then we will talk about what it Reality. is. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, it should be um, where members are um, at the top of the hierarchy and members input through policy development and working on um, working groups and um, other um, systems within the party are helping uh, staff and federal council uh, be able to craft our platform and prepare for elections. And what has happened over a number of years is that um, there's been like a firewall between members and the staff and federal council. So the central office has kind of gotten itself firewalled off. There's uh, no communication coming out of it um, that comes to the members that's any different than it would be to <laughs> the average voter out there who votes for a, another party, um, which essentially um, has um, isolated EDAs to try to struggle on their own in, in their ridings. It's isolated members. Um, now, there has been, over the last year, there has been some um, effort um, to move in uh, a more uh, open communication, transparency, and um, including the membership. Um, but sadly, because, and there's a number of reasons for it, but we've had a series of um, uh, executive directors that have not been effective in their roles for various reasons. We have an interim executive director right now who is doing the best that he can, um, but is um, laboring under a, a number of challenges at the moment. So we have that going on. Uh, we have a toxic work environment for the staff, which has to be, um, I wouldn't want any of our staff working in that environment. It has to be solved. Uh, we have federal council that is split. In my time in the last two or three years, it's been basically half and half. Half think we should be a professional party. Leader makes the rules top down and everybody else follows. And the rest are hanging on to the dream of what the Green Party should be, which is a grassroots organization. And either 
don't have the skills or aren't implementing um, what needs to be done to put the processes in place to make that happen. Because it can happen. And we can truly do politics differently. But what's happened is that now uh, the infighting between the, the top down, the bottom up crowd is um, has gotten to a point where everything's ground to a halt. We're, we're not effective in getting anything done. Uh, we have um, another um, organizational structure within the party called the fund, who is the legal corporate entity that handles all of the, um, the monies uh, for the party. And so there is people appointed to the fund. Uh, people are elected to federal council and staff are hired. So there's three different relationships to the people working on uh, the fund and federal council are all volunteers. So in a perfect world, we should be grassroots. We should be supporting our EDAs and members, our members who are actively involved and want to get these emails about how to organize and, and be green in their communities should be getting that kind of support and information. There should be um, uh, a shadow cabinet that's active and has um, uh, policy groups or, or, or areas of um, uh, portfolios uh, where they have a number of people, uh, not just one person in shadow cabinet, but a, a committee in, in shadow cabinet in each of the portfolios so that we're growing our leaders from within the party. So part of it's that. Uh, and um, none, of the, none of that structure is in place. So that was my platform running through. Is that's, that's the structure that we needed. Um, but that's not what's happening. Um, what my uh, what I've seen happen uh, since um, the leadership contest was won by enemy is that uh, there's been a doubling down of the top down um, management style. Uh, there's so much dysfunction. I suspect that even if somebody wasn't a top down, you know, hierarchical manager thought of themselves as grassroots, they may get frustrated with the green process of coming to consensus and just, you know, want to put their foot down. So I can sure. understand the, you know, frustration um, that that might occur in that circumstance. So all of this is coming together in a perfect storm. We have now have an election coming. We have federal council elections. We have an election coming. Uh, potentially. We We're not potentially. sure if there's an election coming, but we all know, know there's exactly. an election but coming. you have to be prepared. <laughs> So, um, and, and Anime came in with a, a platform of wanting to improve a diversity within the party, which I fully support. We, we absolutely need to be more diverse. Um, but in my opinion, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm not seeing a lot of equity and inclusion um, happening at the moment. Um, sadly, uh, started in the leadership race and very much now there is definitely a weaponizing of identity politics. Uh, which really works at cross purposes of actually achieving equity, diversity, and inclusion. It's like crying wolf. You know, you cry, cry racism or, or cry, um, you know, anti-Semitic um, so many times that when you actually do call it out, no one's going to listen to you anymore. It, it dilutes the message. And I have real concerns about that. And I wrote about that also in my, my resignation before uh, the Noah Zatzman uh, Facebook uh, post and the subsequent followed from that. So that's kind of what we should be. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And um, I was very discouraged because we really are further behind than we were in, in 2019 when all of this became a big revelation for me personally. So this is not something new. 
every party, every party has this internal conflict with itself. Um, When you were talking about whether the grassroots members should be telling the leaders what to do or the leaders should be telling the grassroots members, it's not a green party issue. It's an all party issue. I think Aaron O'Toole is finding that struggle himself with his Mm -hmm. Quebec fractions and his Alberta fractions. But right now the green party seems to be imploding in on itself. Um, And I just before I ask this question, the provincial Green parties, are they uh, like in lock with the federal party or are they separate entities? They're completely separate entities. And um, we all belong to the global greens. So there's a global greens. Right. And so um, our our six core values that we talk about, that comes from the global greens charter. Um, So the federal party. adheres to that, so do the provincial parties, but they don't have the same uh, connection that, say, the NDP do. Okay. Now, the reason I asked that is uh, after, or I'm not sure the exact date, and Miss Data over here will tell me (laughs) what date exactly it was, Um, the Green Party of Canada, the, the, uh, the Green Party of Canada we're talking about, but the Quebec Green Party yes, called for the resignation of Anime if I'm not mistaken, because of losing one third of her uh, official caucus, caucus in okay. Parliament, you yes. retweeted this. Are you yes. in favor of Anime stepping down as leader and going to another a leadership election this close to an election? See, that is the that is the you know the million dollar question, and there's pros and cons, and I don't think the Green Party can win uh, regardless of which direction it goes in. We either continue down this kind of path of the dumpster fire um, until we scramble together the best we can for the next election, or uh, we have a leadership review. And if the membership um, chooses to uh, give enemy a mandate, well, then she'll be stronger going into uh, the, the, the next election. Or if she has to step down, then we're trying to run a leadership contest and a federal council um, elections and planning for potentially um, uh, a general election in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> On a good day, that sounds like a lot, but under under the current circumstances, that is non-existent in my opinion. Because exactly. You, so how do how does the Green Party rectify that situation? Because this story is not ending today. This no, story no, because the the news. You see the interviews you see with Miss Paul, and yet again, I'm an avid observer of Canadian politics, so I watch CBC, CTV, Global on a regular basis, and she is not coming across as she did pre-June 10th. June 10th, she was very engaging, and now she's very confrontational. Yes. How does the Green Party survive? How does the Green Party survive in this new world order? Do we have to look at saying 2021's elections up in the air and we don't, we can't worry about it. We have to worry about 2023 or 2025, whatever the next one is. That is a, that is a, a question only the gut can answer. <laughs> and what does your gut tell you? My gut says that uh, we will be lucky to keep two um, seats this election, unless we really clean this up quick and the Canadian um, people have a very short memory. Um, which has happened in the past. So, you know, it, it could happen. This is my pie in the sky um, hope. 
uh, because, you know, um, people have been working really, really hard on the ground. Uh, but there's another issue that you may not be aware of is that um, um, I was prior to my my stepping down about two weeks before the interim executive director, Dana Taylor, um, called me for a Zoom call and he was very uncomfortable. And that's not unlike Dana. I, I meet with Dana monthly as part of another um, group of connecting provincial greens and, and federal greens. And he was was very uncomfortable and he was only allowed to say certain things. And what it came out after about 20 minutes, uh, the gist of it was, is that um, I was not, to, my, my candidacy for West Noble would not be approved. I would be failing vetting. I was not allowed to know why. And that was the end of it. No. And I found out recently that the committee or team that made that decision consisted of two people, Annamie Paul and her chief of staff, Phil Spidel. And I'm hearing this story from many people. Okay. So the the journalist in me is going to ask the follow-up question here uh -huh. because because i'm not going to ask i'm not going to let that sit out there and then people will send me hate mail which they often do send it to cross border <laughs> yeah, photography send hate mail. <laughs> yeah. is the reason you resigned from the party coal connect it to that phone call that you had with the executive director it took me a while to think about where what my place in the party would be if I were to stay and how I would be affected in the time and energy that I'm, I'm putting forward. And right now my time and energy um, putting forward in the Green Party, I'm not seeing um, improvements. I'm not seeing benefits. I'm only seeing us slide backwards. And we don't have a lot of time with the climate crisis. We really, really, really don't. And I'm a director on a, um, an advocacy group called Stop Ecoside Canada. And we have a short timeline, 18 months, um, to go through all the steps to have an amendment to the Rome statute to make the uh, crime of ecocide an international law under the Rome statute at the International Criminal Court. So I made the decision that my time was best spent at this juncture for the next 18 months focusing on that um, advocacy work, because it seemed to me that I was not um, welcome in the Green Party that um, Anime has envisioned. And I was okay with that. You know, she's the leader, she gets to choose. I love that she's bringing in people who are diverse. I do not agree with the tactics that um, have been happening behind the scenes. I would prefer much more um, um, transparency and actually having a conversation with somebody rather than having a third party um, have cryptic words and and refuse to put it in writing, which is a little bit underhanded as far as I'm concerned. So there was there was a number of things. I must admit that it took me a while to uh, feel like I had to take the knives out of my back and to um, just get back to uh, looking at the facts and what was going to be best for me and my uh, mental health <laughs> and, and what I was going to be able to accomplish in the next 18 months. So let's, let's go back to that. Uh, not conversation, but the people who have told you about the two uh, about anime and bill uh -huh. making that decision. Um, uh -huh. 
you are, we are hypothetically still another three years until an election because uh-huh. we are, we, we can go a full five years if we want to, but let's be honest, <laughs> we will be in an election by September or by potentially October. Let exactly. best case, best case scenario, October, because then I can relax for a few weeks before uh-huh. the, before, after the Calgary municipal elections. But anyway, that's here nor there. Uh-huh. How does the party attract people when they are telling the leadership candidates who brought in a large chunk of new voters to say, we don't want you as a candidate. How are you rectifying that? And how are you telling people, okay, yes, I ran for the Green Party of Canada leadership. Yes, I signed you up. But no, I can't be a candidate because the party leadership won't let me. What? How are you telling them to still stay with the party and fight for that green vision? Yeah, that, that's a really tough one. And I have to admit that I struggle with it. And I do feel a tremendous amount of responsibility towards the people who came to the, to the party um, because of my excitement about it, including family members who've never belonged to a political party ever before. And um, I do feel very responsible to bring them in. Um, one of the reasons I stepped down as my position as CEO is I do not feel comfortable um, inviting people to join the party right now. I really don't. Um, I, I. So they were OK know. with you staying on a CAO, just mm-hmm. not as the candidate. That's right. OK, just to clarify that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I I stepped down as CEO because I just did not feel um, comfortable bringing people into the party at this time. And I didn't want to be working against that. Um, Although I am obviously a little bit by by even saying it here, but I wanted to be honest with you um, about uh, what's actually going on in my thought process. Um, And because I don't want to tank the Green Party, I want the Green Party to survive. And I'm hoping that, you know, we'll will you know rest in recovery figure out what's going on get some good people in there with some good ideas and we'll and we'll be able to revitalize this um, but right now i have to step back um, of course i'm still uh, still a member and i'm still talking to people and um you know helping where i can in terms of, of finding a path through this but it's tough um, it's a really tough to, you know if, if enemy had immediately um, come forward and just said um, the views of Noah Zatzman are not my views and he does not speak for me and it was inappropriate of somebody in my employ to say the words that he did and attack um, sitting Green MPs. I fully support the Green MPs. I don't think we have this issue. Do you, you think know, Gen- Jenica would be still be there? I think Jenica would still be there. Okay. I mean, I haven't spoken to Jenica, but that is just my, my gut feeling. Um, the, the person who we have not spoken about in this so far half hour conversation is the former leader. Yes. M- Miss May. Yep. Miss May is a force within the Green Party. She is. Uh-huh. There was some conflict between Miss Paul and Miss May when this all went down. Um. From your perspective, while you have a new leader, the leader's word is final and what they say should be what is we should move uh, forward. Not with. in the Green Party. See, that's a fallacy. Okay, the, so the, I, the I, I do apologize. The Green Party leader yeah. is a spokesperson for the party policy. 
they may have different views on certain things, but they have to support the party policy. Okay. I do apologize for that. You did actually yeah. say that. And I just, my mind, my mind's going back to my political days. Yeah. So, I know. And, but, and people do that often, even within the Green Party. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. Because Elizabeth May was a force for 13 years in the Green Party. She, she made the Green Party, the, the Elizabeth May Party. I think you can admit that anyone can admit that. So the struggles that are going on right now are not a new issue they were there before elizabeth may they were there during elizabeth may but elizabeth may was somehow was able to quiet those struggles with however she did it she did it by getting elected by expanding her caucus to three but anime paul and elizabeth may have to have a face-to-face conversation they probably have had this face-to-face conversation i can imagine it probably did not go well because elizabeth may is very vocal about her opinions Mm -hmm. if elizabeth may came out tomorrow and said she does not support the leader is that the end of anime paul's leadership of the green party not according to our constitution and bylaws So, okay. Um, Pol- so I, policy my, my, wise, my, yes, I agree. That's that's right. okay. so my crystal ball is not is going to be a little foggy on that one um, because uh, you know Elizabeth May really has tried to step back and give enemy room. Now it took a little bit of time um, in the first couple of months, but she has really tried to step back and give enemy uh, room to you know spread her wings and and take the party where where she wants to take it. And that's, you know, you need to be able to do that. Um, What keeps getting in the way is the way she tries to do that. Um, She is not very open to any kind of dissenting voices or voices that say, have you thought about, you know, this could be problematic. Um, And she's very focused on what she wants to do and she's go straight, straight for it. And so, People who are used to being in a collaborative environment and having their voices heard, not always accepted or, or, you know, um, just because somebody says something doesn't mean you always adopt it, but at least being respectfully listened to have not been for now 10 months. And so that, I think, is building up as well um, in tension. And so enemies feeling that pushback, I'm sure. Uh, the people um, on federal council and within the party um, are feeling that pressure as well, feeling not um, appreciated. Their their um, experience is not being appreciated or, lis- or listened to. We have a lot of institutional knowledge that I have found critical in understanding and getting a feel for all of the, the complexity that goes on inside a political party. Um, I mean, you, you can imagine popping into the Liberals and not having those people to talk to. You'd be like, well, what's going on? Right? Oh, the Liberal Party won't be calling my name anytime soon no. if they've listened to this podcast. I can tell you that. They won't, they won't be calling me either. So. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. There you go. We'll both be on the <laughs> We're just on the opposite sides of the country. That's um, right. That's right. So, okay. I, I want to make sure I get this right here. Anime Paul is going to be the leader in the next election likely it's it's a little fuzzy the way um because uh federal council on tuesday um apparently uh and this has been out in the media um has um issued um basically an ultimatum saying that you need to sit down with paul manley and craft um a statement 
um, that uh, repudiates Noah Zatzman's uh, comments and shows your, your uh, support for uh, the elected uh, Green MPs. Um, as to whether the, she will do that or not is another another big question mark. And that's that's the unknown. That's um, right. Yet again, like you said earlier on, this could have been a one day story. This could have yes. been a one day story with Annamy Paul coming out and saying yeah. uh, what Noah said was disrespectful. He does not speak for the leader. I am the leader. Uh, my words are my words and his words are his. I mm-hmm. disre- disown what he said. Yes. Uh, any view within the party is accepted, so on and so forth. Not those exact words, but here we are. Mm-hmm. But we are not in that situation. No, we, we are not in that situation. And Annamy Paul, in her last two press conferences, one the mo- one after Miss Atwin uh, crossed the floor, and one recently, has started trying to lay the blame somewhere else. And this is the part where I got confused at where she was coming from here. She started to attack Justin Trudeau for this being his fault as a now former green party member, when this was said, uh, because he said, she said that uh, he was sexist. He's not a true feminist. Christian Freeland is his feminist shield. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What was, what did you think what was happening, but also what the heck was happening? Because I think everyone in Canada saw that and went, huh? Why are you blaming Justin Trudeau for the Green Party's issues? Yeah, well, I think there was a couple of things going on. First off, I'm still a member. I've just stepped down from official roles. I'm still a member. Okay, sorry. Uh, Nope, that's okay. I'm all about clarifying. Um, I I have no idea what, and I I try to make it a a rule not to try to get into somebody else's head and figure out what their motivations are. Um, But... um, but as a Green Party member, you saw this and you had to have had appalled. some I was, comment. I was very appalled because it was a very sexist thing to say uh, to demean Christopher uh, Freeland that she's merely a shield for the prime minister. Um, you know, for somebody who is throwing around accusations of racism, anti-Semitism and sexism, um, my first thought, and I, and I teach, um, you know, I teach a lot of coaching and and Um, self-awareness and we do things called mirror exercises because the reality is is that oftentimes what you are accusing others of is actually what's in your heart and in your mind so you turn it around and look at yourself you know instead of saying they should have then you have to turn around and look at okay perhaps I should have so I think that's a bit of it what's going on here is that um um you know (sighs) by saying everybody is sexist um, on, on federal council, um, but then now she's turning around and behaving in a very sexist way. Now, I think that there is some anger, no doubt, um, feeling like um, another party has poached a, a, uh, a member. One third of, of your other, caucus? One third of your caucus, exactly. Uh, it's like, oh, sorry, right now, <laughs> everything but the Green Party is like Beaverton headlines, right? <laughs> 
I agree. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, has, has poached one through. I, I, there would be some, some annoyance or anger, but like you said, this happens in politics all the time. Um, as a leader, my instinct would be to say, okay, well, well, wait a minute, what happened? You know, why didn't we have that conversation? And if it was my fault, because I didn't pick up the phone, well, then I'm going to be picking up the phone and having that conversation. Um, you know, it's, and people can get busy, whatever, but you'd think that there, with all of this going on, there would be a little bit of sensitivity to, um, to your caucus members uh, who have just been maligned publicly. All the while this is happening, Ms. Paul is giving press conferences. There are reports, and you might know a little bit more about it than I do, but there are reports that Paul Manley and Elizabeth May are trying to get Jenica back into the fold of the Green Party. Well, that actually, there is an article out that states that. that um, well, exactly. Um, but it's an article and I don't want to give credence if there's unnamed sources and all that. But right, there, right. There, there's an article out there saying that they're trying to coax her back into the Green Party fold. Right. Do you think this is a futile uh, uh, experiment, even if they are trying to get her back into the fold? I think that it's a green thing to do. Uh, because like one of our core principles is nonviolence. And that includes nonviolent communications which I think is something that we're all working towards. We don't always hit that target, but you know, nonviolent communication is, is a really important thing for everybody to, to learn. Google it. It's a safe thing to Google. <laughs> this is great. I feel like I'm, I'm giving your, your uh, uh, audience uh, homework here. <laughs> hey, I love it. I, you're there giving you me something to do too. Excellent. So nonviolent communication. Um, it really helps you to have a conversation with somebody without putting them in defense mode and really focusing on what is the goal of this conversation? Like, what do we want to get out of this? And, and it's usually a mutual goal, but you're fully entrenched, right? In, in yeah. your closely held beliefs and then nobody budges. So when you use nonviolent communication, it can help a lot, but there isn't, a, there's a lot of violent communication um, being used, a lot of name calling, a lot of innuendo, um, and now um, very defensive. So Annamie's definitely in a position of feeling under attack. Obviously, she's trying to defend herself. Um, Which is her right to do. And I, I want right to make sure do. she has the right yeah. to defend herself against any attack that foreign or domestic that is coming at her. But yes. she has a party that's splintered right now. It's, that's right. You, there are you, consequences to how you defend yourself. Okay. Publicly, you are seeing the fractures within the party. That's right. That's right. This is the worst time for this to happen because like we have alluded to, there is going to be an election. Yes. Candidate recruitment is going to be a must in the next few weeks. Absolutely. How is candidate recruitment going out in uh, Nova Scotia for the Green Party? Have you heard of any any candidates even being acclaimed? None of the people that I know who ran previously that I know in um in Nova Scotia have been acclaimed. I've yep. heard of somebody in, um, uh, I think it was Miramichi in uh, PEI, um, has just been just uh, um, been vetted and, and is now um, a candidate. Uh, but it, it's going painfully slowly and uh, people are getting frustrated and um, pulling their their applications because we're not getting to them quick enough. And, you know, um, if you don't, uh, feel like you're wanted, you're not going to hang around. Um, there is um, a real effort to try to do a diverse 
um, equity search, which I, I think is great. It would have been great to have the information on how to do that a few months ago uh, so that people <laughs> who already done been working for four months on a candidate search uh, don't have to do it all again, but that didn't happen. And, um, and now there is um, increasing number of Green Party members that are, are reporting that um, they're not passing vetting and people who have run previously with no, you know, skeletons in the closet or, you know, any of those kind of contentious um, well, I want to ask about that because you, you, you're the voice on the ground when it comes to Halifax screens, I'm assuming you talk to, you probably know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they as worried about the green party as you are with everything that's going on in the last few weeks? Or are you sort of a like oddball here and <laughs> oddball out? Because you like, I will be honest, you are the one who are called, you called for her resignation. You are, you have been critical of her communication styles in the last few months. Um, so are you the odd woman out here or are there other people in Halifax and other greens that you're talking to that are in the same boat? Well, that's a really good question. And I think for a lot of Greens, they don't pay attention to what goes on in the inner stuff. They focus on what's happening in their EDAs. Some Greens are, are Green Party members, but they just sign up and do their donations and they're not really paying attention to what's going on. However, this has all been very, very public. This isn't, um, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, so our dirty laundry is out there flapping in the breeze uh, right now. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing because sunlight can purify, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it didn't happen that way at first. There's been multiple attempts to address um, these issues over the previous months that have met um, with uh, failure. So um, people are, are starting to escalate um, because something has to be done. They're seeing a looming election and, and they're, they're um, seeing us heading for a train wreck. And it doesn't have to be that way. And that's the really frustrating thing. Um, I know of several EDAs that are delisting themselves with Elections Canada. So they're dissolving, which is really problematic. Um, And you can't run a candidate in that electoral district if you don't have an EDA, correct? That's not that's not not entirely true. The um, uh, it's really hard because the candidate is basically on their own um, with support. Uh, central office can offer them. Okay. And um, I don't know the internal workings of elections. Yeah, Canada, so yeah, thank you for yeah, clarifying no, that. Yes, you can, but it, it, it's difficult. It would be very difficult. Um, so it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So depending on where people are in terms of uh, understanding, I think, um, sadly, uh, people who were staunch enemy supporters have been quite off put by the interviews of the last few days. Um, uh, you know, yeah, they've just been off put um, by, uh, you can see them on CPAC. Uh, the interviews of the last few days have not been her best work. And it's it's um, really reflecting poorly on her leadership. Um, even even when you give her uh, some leeway for being up for the stress that she must be under as well. Um, Elizabeth May did not win any seats in her first election. Nope. Um, but... Anime Paul is in a different situation than Elizabeth May. Elizabeth May uh, gave Anime Paul a party of three, which is now two. Mm-hmm. You, uh, probably within the first five minutes of the interview, said if an election was held, you would be hard pressed to see how two party members would survive. Two uh, two MPs would survive under the Green Banner. 
yeah, if, if we got more than two, I would love to be proved wrong. But sadly, at this point, it, it'll, I mean, Elizabeth May's writing will be safe. Paul Manley is probably pretty safe, but there's going to be some work that has to be done there to damage control. Um, people have lost faith in leadership, and that's never a good thing. Um, when you have um, a leader who is not comporting themselves um, in a leaderly style, uh, it uh, is problematic. Um, you know, even if you're weighing it against, you know, people's connotations of what a leader should do based on gender or identity of any sort. Um, even with some latitude there, there are certain things that are not um, really not working in her favor right now. If the party loses one other seat, if it does go down to, and I think you are correct when you say Elizabeth May's seat is Elizabeth May's seat. It is not a green seat. Is it this Elizabeth May? She has Sandwich Gulf Islands sewn up. Let's be honest with that. If Paul Manley does get defeated in the next election, or hypothetically, if both, does Annamie Paul have to walk away from the Green Party leadership? Well, the, uh, our Constitution and bylaws um, actually has a leadership uh, review uh, baked into it uh, to happen after a general election. Uh, so that would go to the members, and the members would vote on that. But as a leader, you mm -hmm. can't stay on if you've lost, if you took a party of three and you, you decimated it to zero, even if the, the, the policy says that it would be hard for anime to stay on. Correct. I would say that it would, I mean, she would have a choice of stepping down or if she wanted to, you know, um, convince the, the membership that, um, that they would need to, to keep faith in her, but she has the option to do that. But ultimately, it comes down to the members making that decision. So it's not federal council that would make that decision. And, and it's a little foggy right now because federal council is um, uh, because there's two different streams that can happen. One is that it happens in the normal run of things after a, um, a general election, um, a leadership review is called. And uh, as part of usually as part of the biannual general um, um, meeting, which of course COVID has postponed for us. So we were supposed to have that last year and we haven't done that policy work yet, uh, which is causing some stress within the party as well, uh, because everything's kind of clumping into October, September. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. Good times. Like, I can only imagine how staff, the pressure staff are feeling right now. Um, um, my last question before we start wrapping up here. If you had two minutes to talk to Anime Paul, mm -hmm. what would you tell her right now to do, to change, or to fix within the Green Party of Canada? Hmm, that's a good question. I like asking the good questions. Yeah. I would recommend that Anime take, take a moment, take a breath, because she's been under a lot of intense and she's in defense mode. Take a breath and look at what she wants to achieve. What are her goals? Where does she want to take the Green Party? And what does she have to do to do that? And that's build bridges. That is reaching out to all factions within, within the party and making herself honestly available, not the, the deflection that we're seeing a lot of. That's not honest, that's not respectful, and your members deserve more than that. Um, you know, people are still wanting to hear from you. They want to hear where you're going to take the party. 
And sadly, that's not what they're hearing right now. They're, they're um, seeing very divisive uh, results of what's going on right now. What would bring you back into the fold? What would bring you back into taking, becoming the CAO of West Nova or your writing EDA again? Um, I'm not sure that that will happen now. I have my own timeline, as you noticed, I'm gray hair. Um, and um, I knew that this year would be, you know, this, I have one more election in me, one more federal election in me. And then I would um, see what we could do moving forward uh, to help somebody else. I'd hope to have the EDA in shape that they would um, be strong enough and have enough people that they would carry on without me as it were, right? Um, but that, that can't happen now. And um, at this point in time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come back and I wouldn't run for this election. Um, I just can't represent the party right now. So at this point in time, there isn't anything that would entice me back, but it's because of my, my unique situation and circumstances. And I'm not a political animal, I'm a problem solver. And if I can't find a way through to solve the problem or can't find the uh, support um, to rally with me to solve the problem, then my, my efforts are better done elsewhere. It's like uh, in coaching, you can never want an outcome more for the client than they want it for themselves. The reason I ask that is because I, I think uh, my listeners will know, and I well, as a political observer myself, there is speculation that not only Canada is going to an election this year, but a certain province that you reside in is going yeah. to be going to an election this year as well. So while you still have one political campaign left in you, mm -hmm. would, would you potentially run provincially? I actually have won the nomination for the, the Digby Annapolis, the new riding, but um, this whole situation has left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I'm giving it a few weeks um, to see if I have the heart to go forward because it's not fair to the constituents of Digby Annapolis to not run a full, wholesome campaign and, and um, in the way that I do. Uh, and if we can find a more diverse candidate, a younger candidate, I would be fully backing them in that run. So, yeah. Okay. And my I'm last about results. <laughs> <laughs> results, results, results. I love results, it. Results, results, results. Yes. My, my last question for you, Judy, before we do finally wrap up um, to the Greenlit members who are listening to this, because we got a large following after we sat down with all the leadership candidates in season one. But to the Green Party members that are listening, what advice would you give them right now? Because they are disheartened like you. They are seeing the rifts that are happening internally be played out on a national stage, which they thought, okay, the liberals were good at doing that. We should not be doing that. Um, they see a party that is in free fall right now because a third of their caucus has left. What would you tell them to to do at this moment in time that this sank this this exact moment in time what should they be doing to ensure that the green party does not decimate in the next election and potentially into the future and never see the house of commons again well first off i would say um gather locally with your local greens and your edas um, in your coffee shops for your green drinks and support each other this is emotional for everybody support each other with some compassion 
And even for those um, members of the party that don't have the same views as you on a number of different issues, such as the Israeli-Palestine issue, uh, you know, even with um, nuclear energy, um, there's some divisions there as well. So sometimes we let those differences get in the way, and that is what is causing the current issue. So don't let that happen locally. Be there, support each other, make a decision as to whether you're going to, to um, Focus on your EDA and doing the best run with your candidate that you possibly can for this election and just kind of um, uh, look away from, from central party until all of that gets fixed. Or as I know some um, EDAs are doing, they're deciding to go dar dormant for this election. And um, I would, would actually encourage people not to delist their EDA. Uh, to consider if you don't have the heart for it and can't find replacements, consider going dormant and then picking up that mantle again um, in, in the near future. Um, but this is a really emotional time. Like everybody who's dealing with all of this have been under the stresses of COVID, uh, financial challenges over this past year and a half. Uh, all of this is feeding into the reactions that we're seeing, which are intemperate. Um, and so it, it's not surprising in that respect that we are getting some short tempers and, and some lashing out but we really have to remind ourselves that we're all on the same side we're greens there are things that brought us together we're a big tent which means we don't all agree on everything but let's focus on the things that we do uh, all agree on and the climate crisis it's still barreling ahead on us and we've been distracted by the coronavirus and now by this, you know, we need to be acting and the time to act is short. So decide how you're best going to do that. Be green in your writings and in your communities. Judy, I want to thank you so much for doing this. This has been eye-opening. You have clarified a lot of things for me because, like I said, I, if I, I'm asking questions and people aren't answering them, I need to ask people questions. So I'm very happy that you sat down and did this. I, I, I do hope that the Green Party gets through this. I, I get again, uh, I'm sort of apolitical right now. I'm politically minded, but I don't see myself in a political home. But I want to thank you for this, because I think we always think the grass is greener on the other side. We always think that each party is always going to be better. But we've learned this week in the last few weeks that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Every party has their issues. Even the parties that you think are, while a one issue party, they are complex like the Green Party. So, Judy, thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you very much for having me on. And I still hold on to the hope that we can do politics differently. We just don't happen to be doing so right now, but it doesn't mean we can't in the future. This episode was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates.